Mics are warmed up. This is the Impulse Show. I am Tito Labine, and uh, with me, not hopefully, with me as always, Jeffrey Keeble. Yo, 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 what up, what up? What's up, dog? Hey, you know what? You know what? We also got another guy here. Mm-hmm. It's always beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Loud Keeble. What up? I'm back. How come I, I never get arrived? Called? How come I never get called beautiful? Well, come on. I, I mean, mean, and you're always, oh, come you're, on now. You're, like, always, you're always predicting me to die. <laughs> 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 I get called beautiful and it's like, I hope you're alive next episode. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope you're here with us next time. Man. More than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's up, cool. guys? Nothing much. Hey, can you guys hear that at all or no? Hear what? Okay, good. Nice, we're live, brother. So, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Oh, delicious. No, um, I think because Lyle at least pays me compliments, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. I always pay you compliments. Do you? No, you. No, don't. I. You just don't take criticism too well. <laughs> oh, criticism is criticism are, is is compliments. <laughs> what I'm just saying, I'm trying to make you better. Lyle is like that. That mom that wants to be your best friend. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I'm just that hard ass dad that wants you to succeed in life. Well, there you go. You just answered it. That's why you don't get compliments. Why? <laughs> I, I always say thank you and I appreciate it. Never, you're beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I hope you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I hope you're alive next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that, that that's why that's why Lyle gets compliments. Oh, okay. So we're your mom and dad now, huh? <laughs> You're the one who made that yeah. dynamic. Yeah, I know, right? Yes, you did. <laughs> How's your weekend, brother? You know what? Do you ever have a like regular weekend? Like that's what I want to know. Like me, I, I have kids, you know, and and well, I have a yeah. kid, and I'm dating a girl with kids, so we'll say mm. kids. And, you know, I do the whole family thing. Lyle, Lyle's working. And... Why is your internet so shitty? <laughs> Lyle's working. And you, on the other hand, are wild and single and always have a cool story to to say. So, how's yeah, your, how was yeah. your weekend? I mean, it was supposed to be chilled out too, wasn't weekend it? Weekend was good. Huh? It was supposed to be a chilled out weekend. It was supposed to be. Yeah. I thought I was going to be able to put my Christmas tree away. I thought I was going to be able to, you know, clean up the apartment a little bit, but I don't know. It's not how it ever happens. <laughs> Wait, your Christmas. Tree I thought about up? that too. I was like, I was like, can I just get a normal weekend? Just, you know, sit back, eat some food, catch up on some Netflix. Nope. Nope. End up at the, uh... At some clubs, 
<laughs> yes. Yes. I wanted to uh, so, put my Christmas tree away, but here I am. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, yeah. Still yeah, didn't order yeah, any so corn dogs. Getting danced on. I'm like, oh, this weekend, I'm supposed to put my Christmas tree away, but you know, here I am with you, Sapphire. And then, uh, I'm giving you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> got all this glitter on my face and there's still emotions. glitter on your face bro huh i said there's still glitter on your face mm, you stop it i hate glitter that's just a what, twinkle in his eye what did i do we went to mall of america mm-hmm. yep, yep yep so rode the log ride that was a lot of fun yeah Nice and then, uh, and then we celebrated my cousin's 18th birthday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was that's it. Yeah, <laughs> chill weekend. <laughs> chill, super, yeah, super. <laughs> yeah, he's the best supervisor too. He just sits there and trust him with your kids. Make sure that he doesn't do anything wrong. And he froze. Why is your internet so terrible? Any froze. Any froze. This is the, why is your internet so terrible? I'm the only one here. And so are we. I could support two game systems, an Xbox and a PlayStation. No, you can't because we have to with, fucking log out every time. While YouTube is playing. No. That's, that's how good my internet is. <laughs> well, anyways. 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 You're, you're not a good supervisor. Yeah, yeah, he might have um, um, spent, too spent more than, than he should have. <laughs> Under your watch. Under my supervision. <laughs> well, first of all, when we were at Mall of America, he was like, he's like, hey, he's like, I want to I want to ride these rides because my mom and aunts were getting their nails done and stuff. And they're like, oh, it'll be like an hour, a little over an hour. Like, okay. So he goes down and I'm like, I'm just going to get like a, one ride. I'm going to go on the, the log shoot ride. And I look away and I look back and then he purchases the unlimited rides and the, the mini putt moose mountain for like 54 fucking dollars <laughs> and, and mine costs $8. So we get into the log shoot and it took us like an hour. So now the, our moms are done and he got to ride like two rides for $50. So I felt super bad that that happened. <laughs> and then, and then we took him to a uh, a burlesque show, and uh, so we get in there, and I'm kind of teaching him the ways of how to be on the front row, and you know, we do a couple do- a couple dollar bills here and there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, then he gets swooped up by uh, by a a club veteran, <laughs> and she swindles him and bamboozles him. Um, I thought he was only going to be away for, you know, a song or two. And he was away for about 45 minutes. And, uh, and then I saw him and then all of a sudden he was gone again. And at this time, our, like my moms came back and then he came back and my mom at some point goes, let's, he goes, she's like, we're leaving. We're leaving. I was like, okay. So we left and I'm like, why are we leaving? And she's like, he went to the, he was going to the ATM. I was like, what? Like you never go to the ATM at the club, like ever. Like once you're out of money, you're out of money. You never go back. So we're going back. And I was like, well, how much did you take out? And he was like, 
only like 80. And I'm like, well, how much did you start out with? He was like, like 300. (laughs) 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 This fucking dude walked in with 300 in cash. And I was like, how much you got left? He goes, $8. (laughs) (laughs) He fell fell in love at the club. (laughs) So, and I told him that too. I was like, you can't fall in love. Like you can't. And I think he did. And (laughs) I felt bad. A friend of mine also, she was uh, going home and blew her tire on the freeway and uh, was able to limp at home. And uh, once I saw a picture, the it was down to the rim, and I'm like, "Hey, man, you, well, like, that wasn't a limp home, man. You fucking <laughs> drove it to the ground." So, and I had, so, so I had to go over there, and I had to change the spare, or I put the spare on. Thankfully, nothing else was wrong with the with the car. But so then I spent my Sunday changing this tire, and then I had to take care of my sister, who was supremely hungover. And that was that was my weekend. Nice chill weekend. <laughs> yeah. Nice weekend. yeah, nice, nice. Do you ever get to the tree? You get to put it down, take it down? Nope. Still <laughs> still up. That's a, still hanging there. That's for future future problems. Yeah. yeah. We'll figure that yeah, out that's later. That's, that's for future Tito. <laughs> yeah, future Tito. So, so um how was your weekend, Lyle? Well, while Tito was having fun on the log ride. (laughs) (laughs) I was out working. Warm club. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's got someone holding him. (laughs) Leaning on me. I was in negative 40 degree, 30 mile an hour Fargo weather working for the snow cross. My return to snow cross. His return to snow cross. How was it? And I showed up in the coldest race of the year. Again. (laughs) It was just miserable. Cameras were freezing, died, didn't didn't catch the finale the last few laps. So I was like, oh, I hope the other guys got him because I definitely didn't. <laughs> that was that's their problem now. <laughs> I did the walk of shame, walking to there, asking everybody. I was like, hey man, how was it? Did you guys get the flames? <laughs> trying to trying to feel everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys watch that ending? Do you guys capture that ending? That was cool, huh? <laughs> I mean, I was right there. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, where were you? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun being back, seeing everybody again. Got to see the old crew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then got to hang out with some of the racers again. Uh, one of the racers, Emel, our old guest, was trying to sneak me out to get Chipotle while everybody else worked. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, do you want to go with Chipotle with me? I was like, ah, oh, man, I'd feel bad if I left because these guys are out here working and <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to we're eating crackers and stuff for lunch and I'm going to go get Chipotle with you. <laughs> uh, he was like, just don't tell him. I was like, oh, that's a good idea, too. It's like, no, I got to stay. I got to stay. <laughs> I should stay here. I can't bail out my first weekend back. <laughs> <laughs> the glamour of media, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. <laughs> but no, it was good. It good. It was good race back, seeing everybody again and again. And then, yeah, that was about it. That was my week. I worked Friday, Saturday. We left immediately after the race. So the race got over about 10, got to Brody's about three. And then. That was about it, really. Nice. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spend three hundred dollars anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was your weekend? 
Ah, unlike Tito's and yours, mine was uneventful and chilled out. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, um, we um, don't, you know, I don't, yeah. If I'm not working, then I'm then playing family at the house. God, that sounds <laughs> like just the best weekend. Hey, you know what? I, I didn't spend $300. I wasn't freezing. Freezing. I was at home in the safetyness of my own walls. 400. He spent 400. <laughs> 380, $394. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus ATM fee. Yeah. 405. But no, I mean, it was pretty chill. It was nice. Nice, relaxing. Um, you know, because obviously, Lyle, you're doing the first leg of Snowcross, and then I'm taking the second leg, so... Um, yeah. Might as well try to enjoy it. Yeah, so the next one I'm going to is New York. And then I'll be going to South Dakota. And then Jeffrey takes over from there. Mm-hmm. Fuck. So, Jeffrey, you'll be at ERX? I mean, I'm Fuck. sure. Like you're the one going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure Lyle probably still doing CBS stuff. I've been on the stuff. I've been trying to work with some riders and get a price not price sheet, but it's so different. The dynamics of going from off road to snow cross. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like, um, I don't want to call them cheap because obviously they have a budget and everything and what they do as far as racers goes. But the price difference is just, you know, it's extremely different. Yeah. And then maybe we should talk about, cause I had a talk with, Zach and Casey and a little bit with uh, Brody about why like prices and whatnot. Cause Casey told me he's not going to New, New York. York cause he just can't afford it. Cause of how cheap, like what he's working for. And like all these guys want to work for, want you to work for them. And then you throw out a price and then it's like crickets after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing for me too, I approached it as like, Hey, this is what I charged last year. What are your guys' thoughts? Like, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to get not my foot back in the door, but I'm trying to do it where, um, obviously impulse media is there and, and we keep getting more exposure, but also how can we help you help us almost? But again, yeah. like what Lyle said, like it's hard to travel because for off road, we're we live right in the middle of all the races. So, um, and doing it for the price we're doing it at, it makes everything feasible to do to hire, mm-hmm. you know, to hire Tito and to hire another photographer and everything. And uh, for the snowcross races, it's like Lyle works for snowcross and CBS, and then on my end, I I wanted to be there. I'm kind of glad I didn't get to go, <laughs> but, um, but it, it wasn't feasible to bring for me to go, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like, if I would have done four riders, I would have been making maybe $400. So, I mean, you do the math, it's a hundred dollar a rider and it's, yeah. just, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to do drive 10 hours for $400 plus, you know, yeah. gas and, and, Food and food and a place to stay and you know just everything you know by the time I get done I'm negative three hundred dollars. Yeah, you know so it, it's kind of tough. Um, you know it's not the racers' faults; it's, it's no one's fault. But you know it's just uh, gotta do what makes sense. So hopefully, doing the last three rounds, um, 
I'm either going to break out even or just make like $50. <laughs> so like ERX weekend, you know, I was going to hit you up and be like, hey, let's have a chill out weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and let me stay at your house. Let's go to the club. Yeah. <laughs> I know a place. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't serve alcohol either. <laughs> so, All you know, can drink Coke. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's a little difficult. Um, you know, and some of the riders, racers did uh, put out like what they would pay and everything, which was, you know, very helpful. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still not feasible so which sucks because snowcross i think is a badass sport and i think um it should get more exposure than it already is and lyle and brody and zach and everybody over there in the media team as far as the snowcross side goes um you know they're doing an amazing job and um you know yeah so it's just uh i can't wait for the second leg and um yeah what do you think a snowcross needs then? I mean, like you said, it's, it's different between off-road racing and then snowcross and snowcross. It's like, you know, you're, you're getting significantly less. Like, what do you, do you think snowcross could be as, as high as off-road or, or, cause I mean, to us, we think off-road is still pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's small. And I still think even in off-road, we're still getting underpaid Yeah, for, for what we do. And then, if we think we're getting underpaid underpaid and off road and then going to snowcross and only making a fraction of what we make in off road, you know, it, it is just like, I, I don't know how to do it. Like I said, I, uh, maybe, maybe try to budget it. Like start talking to teams right now and be like, Hey, at this cost, we could do this and this cost, we could do that. And, you know, just be like, you know, here, here are numbers for us to, you know, where we all benefit from it, you know, you benefit from the media side and we benefit from your pockets. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. So, yeah. yeah. And then that's the hardest part, too, because, you know, the ra- the racers, you know, have their jobs to do. And that's to focus on on winning and being on the box and showcasing their sponsors. And, you know, at the end of the day, if they're not doing that, I guess that's kind of like where we come in and we still showcase their sponsors and their riding efforts and everything. And, you know, it's just, uh, like I said, a tough time right now, I guess. Um, cause I did know, I do know that, uh, Snowcross lost their main sponsor, um, Ram. So, um, they're doing everything on a smaller budget this year. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it is what it is, and I'm hoping that if some people or racers are listening right now, you know, hopefully they understand why there's only one of us there. As you know, um, as far as some of the racers go, you know, I'm just Lyle's brother. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just it is what it is, and um, yeah, we'll definitely be back for the last three. Yeah. So, and like I like I tell Jeffrey, I'm there already, so I don't mind making like one or two clips together for like my friends that are like racers. So I don't know if that helps or hurts us. Cause then I don't know if they expect it like every weekend type of thing, but a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into like making something, you know? Yeah. But yeah, maybe like, like you said, I don't know, maybe they got to put like a, like a, what's that called? A marketing budget. 
like for next year for like their teams, like look into that maybe or something. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's where I guess where we need to like right after the snow cross season or even when I'm there on the last three races, I just start, like I said, putting in their head, Hey, this is what we can do. This is what we will do for you. Just hire us. <laughs> we'll, we'll make some badass content. But uh, Lyle, so you got to see uh, you got to see the boys this weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was so I gotta I gotta ask you guys because you know damn well they're probably not listening. <laughs> but who uh, who do you guys miss the most? Who did I miss the or who do you guys miss the most or who did I miss? The well, most? you you too, Lyle. Oh, like, okay. So out, who did out you of mean? all? Yeah, like well, out of all. Uh, so us three. Out of all the media guys from last uh, off-road season, who do you guys miss the most? Well, not you. <laughs> no shit. He goes, no, no shit. He goes. <laughs> deal with you every fucking week. <laughs> goes, no shit. Just one person or? Yeah. Out of, out of the media feelings. Out of the media crew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so small. <laughs> Nogs. He goes Nogs. <laughs> I miss Nogs. <laughs> I can I can be Nogs. <laughs> you don't even sound like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't even sound like that. I know it was good to see Brody again. I'd say just because he's high energy, and then his stories are hilarious, and his smile. Yeah, Brody. Brody. It was fun. It was good to see Brody again. So that's who you missed the most was Brody. Say Brody. Say Brody. But who do you miss the most? Uh, What about you, Jeffrey? I told you, Nogs. You miss Nogs the most? Come on. I do miss Nogs. You miss Nogs the most? Yeah. He's my homeboy, man. He's just down to earth, chilled, fucking weird. Fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I fucking, yeah, I miss Nogs. He has like that dry humor. Like it's. He does. Yeah. It's hilarious. (laughs) So it's just. you know what's the best is when he throws out those native jokes every once in a great while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, remember when he best. first started hearing those and he was like, oh man, they're being kind of mean. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Jesus. He's like, those guys are really going at it. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I think he made a uh, native joke at Bark River or something like that. And I laughed and he goes, I was taking a risk on that one. Uh, well, no, who do you miss? I uh, I probably miss. Yeah, I'd have to go with uh, Lyle. I probably miss Brody the most. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with Lyle. Like, Wait, <laughs> I miss Lyle the most. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think a close second though is Caleb. I fucking ooh, I miss Caleb ooh. so much. Yeah. You know what? No, you know what? I'm gonna go Caleb. I miss Caleb the most. You know what? Because here's why. Here's here's why I'm changing my answer from Brody. Brody lives 20 fucking minutes away, and I still have not seen him. <laughs> the off-road season <laughs> so brody can go pound sand i miss caleb the most you know uh one thing speaking of caleb um <laughs> and it probably bothered him more than it bothered me is when he would stop over at our at our little site our media tent our media hub yeah and then he would start like cleaning the cameras off and start <laughs> <laughs> start moving stuff around on the cameras. Yes. <laughs> well, because I knew it bothered him because they were dirty, but I was just like, yeah, dude, don't. I know. We'd be sitting there eating fucking, uh, uh, you know, our eighth bag of chips and, and just crunching away. 
he comes over and you and he can't help it either. He just yeah. kind of like he'll look it's and like then a, he'll just kind of sit there and like fidget a little bit and then he'll just like grab the camera and just like start cleaning it, start wiping it down. <laughs> His thing with my camera all the time was moving my mic around. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like adjusting yeah, adjust yeah. yeah. He'd always just fix it up for me quick. <laughs> uh, it's not that I hate it, but it was one thing I noticed all the time yeah. when just, he would stop over. It just made me laugh. I was like, thank it, you. <laughs> Oh, what? Yeah, no, nah, I miss I miss going golfing with Caleb too. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> golfing Caleb is something else. <laughs> we need to do that not on a busy weekend. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a shit show. When are we doing it? I think it's at Bark, Bark, River. Bark River. Bark River. What Ooh, about Brown Town? Speaking of what Tony, about weekend what about, boys. What about Tony? Yeah, I, you know I I do miss I miss Brown Town. I do. I but I don't miss him as much as Caleb. <laughs> Because at least Caleb showed up to the to the golf course. Brown Town just was like, uh, you know, just does his thing. <laughs> I will admit though, man, his Instagram story, the the music he picks, on point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So speaking of Bark River, what? Uh, this weekend, Bark River, we're yeah. getting together, we're getting the crew back together. Oh yeah, might two out of three. <sighs> I'm gonna try. But no, I have because no, you know what's gonna happen I, is if you don't go, Lyle's not going. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at him. Yeah. And and us three RSVP. That's gonna cost them money, Jeffrey. I have my stuff. It's funny because we're, we're like looking at the screen and you were like looking directly at him when you said it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are you looking at Lyle? <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. As long as All I right, get them chicken right. tendies. All right, because I'm I'm driving in. I'm staying at my parents on Friday night, and then we'll go. And then I'll drive up Saturday. Yep. Where are we staying Saturday? Are we staying somewhere? Do we even book a room? No. no. <laughs> are we staying? <laughs> we can uh, Oakley Panda. <laughs> Make sure you don't go to the hospital. <laughs> I'd be like, "What should we get at Taco Bell, bra?" Yeah, dude, I'd be like, "Hey, climbing, you got that camper set up?" Yeah, you should. <laughs> Like we didn't think this through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but hey, we're on our way to Bark River again. You yeah, dude, I, on, I honestly thought it was two weeks from now, or well, not this week and the following weekend. See, yeah. I even specifically I know. put in the date. I, I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck I was thinking. I was like looking at the my calendar. I was like, oh sweet, I don't have Atugijik that weekend, so I could definitely go. And then you're like, hey, you guys ready for <laughs> the wedding next weekend? Or the yeah, reception? what are we wearing? And I was just like. Wait, that's not next weekend. That's two weekends from now. <laughs> and then you're like, no, it's the 12th. And I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the date hadn't changed. Yeah. It's still fucking 12. <laughs> two, two, 22. Uh, you know, make it easier. How about you just drive us back late at night then? Yeah, there we make go. It a, make it a one-day trip. When you're done. <laughs> make it a one-day trip. We'll leave in the morning, party, have fun, and then you drive us at like midnight. <laughs> I like that. I like that. We'll just... Be back late Saturday night. We can do that. I like that because so, I'm going to get fucking hammered then. Yeah. And then we just deal with drunk Tito uh, on the way home. <laughs> dude, dude, I'm going to, dude, I'm going to boo climbing when they're like, and now, uh, climbing. I'm just going to be, boo. Hey, hey, what if they make you, you should have like a, uh, uh, race group, not, uh, uh, introduction ready for them. Oh, should I? Oh, uh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. No, I can't. I can't do that. Yeah, you can. (sighs) 
I can't. I can't. I can't take that away. That's it's their day. It's their reception. It's their it's their wedding reception. That's who else that's is going them. to that? I think Ke- they ha- Keegan's going. I was like, I think they have a paired us up with Keegan. And yeah, so, we're at the Keegan and Catherine table. That's the only people we'll probably know there. <laughs> Besides, I don't know if Keegan's staying or not. I should I should text him. And be like, bro, can we crash on your floor? <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring my air mattress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, should we uh, bring in our guest? We should. I think I think we should. Time. What was that? Mm-hmm. I said, I think we should. It is time. Hey, you keep breaking up. What was that? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring her in. Uh, let's bring her in. All right, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Am I actually doing the introduction? Mm-hmm. We're live. No. We're still what? live. <laughs> <laughs> up to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally up to you, <laughs> brother. <laughs> well, she's got to hear it. Otherwise, oh, there's yeah. no point in introducing it. Yeah, you can do it later. Yeah, I'll I mean, just wait till she's on. Okay. We're going to time travel in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to 9 p.m. <laughs> to 9 p.m. Alrighty, today is a special and lucky day. And I say special because given the guests we've had on the show, she is the first woman to be a guest on here. She is also the first true media personality we've had on as well. Well, I mean, Chan Memes may have been the first media of his kind, but he's not a public figure per se. I also say lucky because this woman is extremely busy during the wintertime. When most of us pack on the pounds for the winter cold, this woman is just starting to thrive. I had mentioned a few episodes back that the cold never bothered Nick Delor- Nick Lorenz anyway. Well, that was a lie because we're talking to the true ice queen, the true blue passionate snow cross commentator who also transcends the sport. She also dabbles in the off-road racing world uh, on and off the track as a reporter for CBS Sports. Her Instagram says it all. TV host, broadcaster, podcaster, producer, rider of the 858 Yamaha dirt bike. Oh, Earlier this year, some scumbag said that she was a 6 out of 10, but we know she's an 11 out of 10. She's number one in our hearts. I'm, of course, talking about Haley Shanley. <laughs> you you flatter me. And you said, uh, while everyone else is packing on the fountains, that's what the stretchy pants are for. <laughs> All winter long, baby. <laughs> There's a reason why I don't wear jeans in the winter. It's not because they're not comfortable. It's because I can't fit in them. Hot dish, Dude. not casserole. Dude, always, always shopping at the big and tall, man. <laughs> no goodness <sighs> but what's up man how you been so you just got back from fargo are you uh unfrozen i am unfrozen man yeah we our our office setup was cush this weekend we got a nice indoor office um where we're just like editing creating content all day i'm studying just prepping so that was nice but man like friday negative 20 or whatever it was with wind chill. Like it just, it takes it out of you. So I just got home at like five, four forty-five Eastern time. Um, so yeah, I got up at 6am this morning to drive home to Indianapolis and yeah, between the drive and the cold, it just felt like this weekend took it out of me to like twice. It was, it was exhausting. So yeah, just finally, finally thought out, um, was surprised to come back to Indy and not see my grass. Cause we actually have snow, which is kind of unheard of. Um, but yeah, it's going to be home for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I guess I, we're, we're kind of jumping around maybe, but, um, but as far as like, how did you get into snowcross? Like what, like what attracts you to like, obviously this is really cold sport. Like there's not a lot of people, 
that are willing to go out and stand in, you know, this, this negative degree weather, what is it about it that like keeps you there where you're like, Hey man, this is worth it. Yeah. So how I, how I got into it. So I grew up in Minnesota, like 15 minutes from ERX. So that was always, that was my home track. And that's where Snowcross began for me was going to the grassroots Thursday night races. Um, and naturally always a big supercross motocross fan, like growing up in that area, that's, that's another major sport that you paid attention to. Um, so just always been a huge, huge fan of it. Um, been working with the series. I think this is my fifth season now, but, um, prior to that, I had been working with different teams. Um, Andrew Carlson, back when he raced, pro light snowcross. That was when I first, um, got involved professionally on the national circuit. Um, but what I love about it is, yeah, it's, it's motocross on the snow. Um, it is badass. It's, it's high flying. It's, um, it's one of the most, like from the media perspective too, I've sh- I had the opportunity to shoot photo and video for, for other forms of motorsports. And it is, one of the most scenic, uh, just the contrast of that, that bright white snow in, in these high vis machines, it's, it's something special to watch and, and to be able to capture. So that's kind of been the allure to me, but yeah, basically grew up around snowmobiles and naturally taken a liking to the racing form. Um, so after, so growing up then, you know, obviously here in, in Minnesota, then, then what happened after that? Did you, did you go to college? Did you, you know, go off into the work world? How did you get to where you are now? Because I mean, for somebody, maybe this sounds really bad, <laughs> but, to, to have, but to have, you know, uh, a woman really kind of at the forefront, like, you, you know, like your Instagram says the voice of it off road. How do you, how does a woman like you get to where you're at right now? No, it doesn't sound bad at all. I love talking about it. So thank you for asking. Um, I, uh, you know, like I said, grew up a, a motorsports fan. If it wasn't motor supercross or snowcross, it was off-road NASCAR. I could just an equal opportunity race fan, if you will. Um, definitely had my favorites, but I knew that in, in high school. So I guess getting to the point where I decided I was a sophomore in high school that I, my family had, um, my parents had split up. So I moved schools to St. Michael Albertville and they had a broadcast program, brand new high school that they had just built. And their production studio was a professional studio. So we had all the gadgets to learn how to edit in final cut pro. We were learning on little handheld handy cams and tapes back then. Um, but it just clicked for me. Like we were taught everything from how to develop a, a story, how to edit. And then once we were juniors and seniors, we could actually host the televised school news. Um, so that's when I got the first like on camera experience, but I had done a little bit of like, I was comfortable on camera just cause growing up, I was, um, on stage with kids dance recitals and pageants and some, some modeling. Um, so it wasn't super scary to me. Um, and yeah, I just, I took a like and do it there. And that's when it clicked, like I am actually good at this and it's something that I can apply towards any subject. Like I remember getting together with some of my, my riding buddies and being like, Hey, can I film you? And I would rent the handy cam and go do like extra credit shoots, like after school and just film my motocross buddies. And just knowing that I could apply this school subject that I'm excelling at to any topic that I wanted was really exciting to me. So, um, that's kind of the point when I decided around like my junior high school, I wanted to narrow it down. I want to work in broadcasting, but how 
how am I going to set myself apart? Because any girl it, it wants to work on camera, right? A guy too. Um, but the chances of you getting there, there's, you know, in the sport of baseball, there's like how many hundreds of athletes, mm-hmm. all these other positions. There's usually like for a baseball team, what five, four or five broadcasters assigned to it. Something like that. I don't even know baseball. I don't know why I use that as an example, um, but I knew the probability was not good. So how do I differentiate myself? I want to learn everything from editing, producing. Um, I want to learn all, all the equipment, but not only that working in motorsports, I was going to take any opportunity I could be it social media, PR writing, you name it. So, um, that was my game plan. I set out, went to college, um, South Dakota state, go Jackrabbits, um, got my PR and advertising degree, um, started going for broadcast, but then I'm like, I got a job my freshman year and I'm like, Ooh, this field doesn't pay too well. I should get a, get a backup. And I'm glad I did because I don't feel like the broadcast stuff that I learned in college is at all applicable to today. I use my PR and, and advertising degree so much more, um, than I do. So that was the educational background. And then in college was when I started working with Carlson Motorsports, um, and ERX Motor Park too, of course. And, um, then my husband and I, uh, started Speedshift TV, which was a streaming production company that specialized in motorsports. So it was very, very busy by my senior year, um, working in mostly dirt track racing, a little bit of snow cross in there too. That was when Andrew was just getting into off-road as well with the pro light, I believe, um, kind of the tail end of his initial side-by-side days. And yeah, then from there, <laughs> short story long, uh, was working speed shift, um, for the most part full-time, but was again, taking on any side gig I could in motorsports media just to stay involved. And, um, a few years later, 2017, Carl Shabitsky reached out to me. Um, he's like, Hey, we're looking for someone to come do social media content marketing with Snowcross series. Do you want to come along? And I said, absolutely. So that's when, that's when we started working together and we've been, happily ever after ever since <laughs> no that's awesome that's awesome so you said you went to well my my story is a little different than yours how i got into the whole media stuff um well no it, it's awesome to, to hear those type of stories especially because no one's like how I got here and how Tito got here and you got here are totally different. So it's uh, <laughs> so fucking different. <laughs> but so it's amazing to hear to hear those type of stories because you know nothing's the same. So um, yeah, no, that was just a awesome story. Like I said, it's just just a different route that that I had taken. So <laughs> and then and I, obviously, and I never like, asked. Sorry, I never asked you. I know you were shooting photography when I first met you, I think it was like 2016. I remember seeing you at Bark River in in turn one. Um, is that around when it all began for you? I guess I've never asked you where where it all began for you guys, if I may. Uh, I guess for me, I've been in the sport of, well, we'll say camp off-road now uh, in the off-road series since, oh God, I think I was 21 I'm 34 now, so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, um, you know, I kind of like the same route as you. Motocross was a big uh, influence in mine and my brother's lives. Um, I got hurt really bad in during a race where um, I uh, fractured my ankle, uh, broke my back. And I was out for a bit, but I was old and me and Lyle are three years apart, but I was old enough to 
take him to the races with me where my dad didn't have to come with us anymore. Or we would set up everything up and then he would show up after work. Um, so obviously still going to the races, I was just bored sitting there. And then I finally decided to pick up a camera and I was just like, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to shoot some photos of my brother and then have some fun with it. And then, you know, from there it, it turned into, like, I just realized I love editing and I loved uh, working on computers and um, kind of find, found the IT side of, of things. And then, and then obviously us living near Crandon, um, you have the biggest race in the world in off-road history right in your backyard and uh, found a perfect opportunity to sneak out on the track. So <laughs> just to sneak into Crandon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's how like uh, me and Mike Roth actually met um, was him yelling at me. So <laughs> blue vest. Uh, yeah. Fucking so, yelling at everyone. Yeah. But no, um, then, um, then since then, um, uh, I don't know if you know Chris Horde. Yeah. Um. So Chris Horde actually gave me the opportunity to to shoot for race one, and um, be one of his photographers. And then, like I said, then I was kind of, you know, that, that that's where my beginning began, and shot for him for the next five years. And then after that, um, went on my own and. And then did that for like three years, um, photography wise. And then Lyle decided to jump on board. And then that's when we created Impulse Media and joined the video, uh, the cinema world. And uh, yeah, and then then we're here right now doing podcasts. Nice. <laughs> so I, it, it's a, it's like I said, yeah. it's hard to stick what thirteen years <laughs> into ten minutes. <laughs> I've, so, I've- oh. What was that, yeah, Tito? Um, Tito. Tito. Absolutely. Tito. Huh? <laughs> what? What'd you say? None. I remember. So, so we moved to Milwaukee, and I remember just being absolutely shit faced on the hill in Crandon for fall. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is a really good time. Like people need to see this. <laughs> and uh, so I, I took my iPhone six and it's the first time I've ever had, had an iPhone. And I'm like, oh, this, I'm going to film and show what it's like to be a fan at Crandon. And so I, ma- I made the video and because I wanted to show my friends in Milwaukee and say, hey, this is fun. So I convinced them to come. And then just the years that followed it, he's like 20, I think 2016 was the first year. 2017, I did one. 2018, I did one. And then 2019, I did the what ended up being my last one. And after that, I moved to Minneapolis here um, with a girl I was dating. And then we broke up and then she broke my heart. And then <laughs> I knew that I had wanted to. <laughs> I like used to sneak it out in there. <laughs> Uh, I knew I wanted to like film something like a project. Cause I had made like this little like documentary thing just with all my iPhone footage, just, just because of like Crandon and it was fun. And so I borrowed some friends cameras and he, he let me borrow two cameras. And that's when then I decided to follow Corey winter and Kyle Greaves. And even then, like I've said it before, like that, that weekend, I didn't know who I was going to film. I knew I just wanted to film someone. And I don't know if it was, you know, Jeffrey or if it was me, but like, I just walked over and I was like, 
first thing I probably said a few words to Corey. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm Tito Levine. Is it cool if I f- like follow you around for the year, film you and do a little like documentary thing? Like, like it's free. Like, you don't cost you anything. I'll just be around. And he's like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and then like, I left. <laughs> and, then the rest of, and then I filmed them through together. And then uh, Jeffrey saw like, you know, that I was there every day that I was like filming, I was putting in the time and the effort. And uh, so then he asked me to, to join the team and, um, then they wanted to do rush and, uh, and yeah, the rest is history. And I was fully on board with that. Man, that's cool. Yeah. And Corey and Kyle are just so like chill, <laughs> go with the flow, easy to work with. That's, that's cool to see where it, that's, it all began back in the day, sitting on the Hill and that's where it's at. That's cool. <laughs> Absolutely fucking hammered on the hillside, man. And then I remember Jeffrey too. He'd be like, he'd, he'd like be filming and he'd show up just to like hang out, say hi. And I was like, dude, I was like, when are you going to join us? And then I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He doesn't drink. I forgot about that. I was like, so we can't, can't really be having uh, Jeffrey uh, indulge. And then, and then I did learn on how, how much you really have to pay attention and like how much time goes into it on like Labor Day weekend. Cause like as much as I wanted to have fun this past year, you know, Lyle did notice like, like mine and his, but for me that my attention was like, Hey man, like Saturday night and then Sunday night. And it was just kind of like, we got to film and do this. And, and our, my focus wasn't there. So that's got to change for next year. <laughs> I, know, I know how it goes there. Yeah. I mean, it was the last race. I think, well, I was definitely burnt out. Um, yeah, I was exhausted. Yeah. So I would definitely lessons learned because uh, we missed, missed a bunch of content that we could have got, but um you know, but we're very thankful for you though <laughs> and helping us during all summer and, you know, just taking your time out of your day to do all the interviews and the recaps and yeah, we definitely couldn't have done it without you. So I, I appreciate you. Like, it's so like, it's like an out of body experience to watch rush. And like, you know, you have all these characters, all these, all these drivers. And then like, there's, there's me, this bum, like in between it all. (laughs) I don't know whose idea it was to, to have me in there and chime in with my nonsense two cents, but it's pretty cool. And, um, I, so I appreciate you guys. Yeah, no, I think it started from Snowcross when I started asking you to be the voice of Elias Ischel's videos, and then that, that idea just ran into Rush, and I was just like, you think she'll be down again to do it all summer? Because I was like, she made Elias's videos alive, and the commentary was just spot on for what actually what I was just trying to produce and bring to the game. Something different. You know, everyone can make a one-minute Instagram edit, but, you know, to put in a little bit more time and effort, you know, like I said, where you have to set up and mic you up and have the questions and everything, and um, like I said, it just brought our level of, of videography, like just one notch above everyone else, you know? So it's like, we got the, the step on everybody and then everyone kind of followed. And now we're just trying to take it to a whole new level and bring more awareness to the sport that the sports, I should say that we love. So, um, and I don't know if you've seen Lyle's, um, new edit from Fargo this weekend, you, you got to check that out. 
I've, I think I've only, I've, I've been, of course I scroll the whole drive. Yeah. <laughs> my, my thumb is like sore from scrolling after nine hours, but no, I've just seen like the little um, bits and pieces from the riders that he was helping out, but I haven't, I haven't, I'll have to go look if yeah. there's like a full, full recap. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just one, I, me and Tito were just talking about it. We we're like, man, Lyle's going to leave us. Yeah. Like Lyle's going to get fucking snatched up, man. This is, then it's going to be me and Jeffrey. Yeah. And then it's going to really fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so pumped to to have have Lyle back this weekend started with us um yeah he was there for for sledhead last year and yeah just to have just to have not only another back but but one of you guys um to come along like it's the incredibles the content's incredible like i I got home yesterday to my mom's place in, in Dayton, Minnesota, and I was just scrolling and just all the content that's out there. And uh, aside from the Sledhead 24-7 stuff, which we repurpose for, for Snowcross Series purposes, it's all the content that's getting out into the world for these riders on their pages, just more content out in the universe makes the sport look so good. And I say the sport, it's the same thing with off-road too. Like it's just more visibility. Um, it really make, gives us this super elevated look and professional look. <laughs> and it's, that's, you guys have the biggest hand in that. Um, so you guys are, like I've always said, you guys are elevating the game and, and pushing it forward. And it's really cool to be a very small part of that. Oh, that's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been really awesome. Um, for Jeffrey to kind of take on or like bring on like the, the snow cross guys. Um, Cause we started doing obviously the, the podcast and our initial kind of thought was just like, all right, you know, we'll do off-road drivers or maybe, you know, we'll bring on more people, uh, you know, media personality, stuff like that. And then he asked about uh, like snow cross drivers and I was like, yeah, man, I'm like, absolutely. Like if, if we can get them, like I'll, I'll watch more, I'll, I'll read into it, you know? And, and, and that's when I started to learn more about or appreciate like, what you do, you know, as far as doing your homework, you know, you, you want to come prepared. You want to be able to ask the right questions. You want to be able to connect with things. And then, so like, I have a notepad here. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Questions and stuff like that. And then all this was like previous, like people. Is, yes. So. Talk dirty to me. I love so, that. Yeah. <laughs> I so love like, geeking out. So like that was the kind of stuff that I learned to appreciate then. And then as far as like mm-hmm. Snowcross, is just learning more about it and, um, you know, watching, watching the pro race and then learning about, you know, the pro drivers and, um, how pro light is, you know, fucking being absolutely dominated right now by Jordan LaBelle and, and how that pro class is fuck wide open. I mean, and it's crazy, like on how, big of a difference that is do do you think that if jordan labelle goes to pro do you think it's still going to be like a wide open class like that and then if he happens to go to pro who do you think would take over for pro light oh man okay so that's a good question (laughs) i think that i was thinking a lot about this today because in my mind i'm always drawing parallels for a rider or driver in one sport i compare them in my mind to athletes of other sports i don't know why i do it it's just some some geeky comparison. Um, normally like, you know, when a guy steps up from, from sports to pro light, pro light to pro, like it's very, very rarely can you carry, you know, you might be able to carry the speed, but the consistency, um, your aggressiveness, your confidence, everything, it, it doesn't always translate. In fact, it rarely all translates, but he is a guy just knowing, knowing who he is, um, kind of getting inside his mind a little bit and getting to know him and the family very well this year. Um, 
I, I think he truly is poised to be one of the greats of the sport. Um, you know, Elliot Sichel won seven races in a row and I, he won 10 races in 2015, 2016, and he didn't win the championship. I don't even think that year. So anything could happen again, normal circumstances. I'd say it's too soon to tell, but I, I just have this really, really good feeling about Jordan LaBelle. Um, so when he gets to pro, I think it's, it's game on. Um, I would not be surprised if he has a very, very short stint in pro light. And as far as who's going to fill his shoes, I've already been hearing rumors that, um, and I like, I watch social media, like a hawk too, the things these guys put out there. Um, I have a feeling that Evan doubt could be stepping up next year. Um, I have a feeling that Nick Lorenz will be too, cause he's been in the class a while. Um, and yeah, there's a few others. So to fill his shoes, I'd say Carson Allred, um, because he, you know, this is only his second year in pro light and he's struggled so this year so far. Um, so I'd be willing to bet we have him for at least a few more seasons. So I'd say he's probably a safe pick to fill his shoes. Well, um, while we're, while we're talking about, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jeffrey. Oh yeah. Oh, well, uh, my question was, uh, <clears throat> do you think, uh, anybody in the pro light class can stop Jordan LaBelle from winning or going, uh, don't want to jinx it, but, from uh, competing in a perfect season? Mm-hmm. Commentator's curse. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> As we're like, full disclaimer, guys, do not hold me responsible. I'm going to need you to sign here, here, and here. Uh, I don't, from what we've seen right now, and I was just going back and watching highlights. Like one thing I'm really hungry for next weekend is like, I just want a good race finish. We haven't really, it's been good racing, but it has not come down to the final corners. Um, at least not in, in pro and pro light for the most part. So, um, you know, the leaders have kind of ran away with it. Um, they just, they've checked out and that's a testimony to, you know, not only their starts, but the riders, the the ones that have won this year. Um, so if he continues down this path, there are no injuries. Um, he keeps his mind right because right now he's just staying so loose and, you know, maybe that's, I think a lot of the reason why he's put forth the runs that he has, but as of right now, and this is nothing against anyone else, but I think it's going to take a, a mistake or maybe falling into a bad mindset for Jordan to, you know, trip himself up or um, it's, it is a wild class. Anything could happen. So it, you know, it just takes one, one crash or one miscalculation for someone to get mixed up. But um, as of right now, he's and I, talking to some of the riders too. Everyone's just like Jordan LaBelle. I don't know what he's doing. And that's kind of the same way. Again, back to my comparisons to other sports is people talk about Kyle Larson in sprint car midget racing. Um, of course, a NASCAR champion too. So I'm, I'm sure they talk about it in that circle as well. But um, yeah, right now, I think that who's been really close is Marcus Ogemar. He flipped a switch this weekend, looked outstanding. And of course, Nick Lorenz has been undeniable in the consistency. So um if a mistake does happen, I'd be willing to bet that those guys for sure will be right there. Yeah. That was kind of the question I was going to ask too, Jeffrey was just about Jordan LaBelle and like, Hey, like, when do you think that that streak is going to end? Like they're going to end this coming weekend. Do you think he's going to go eight for eight? Is it possible to go eight for eight? Just kind of like something like that realm. Um, I, I can't remember. I think it was uh debut Dubuque, Dubuque, Iowa. Um, <laughs> Was I, I think it was that one, Jeffrey, that they changed the track from one day to the next, or was that at Canterbury Park? No, that was at Dubuque. Okay, yeah, because yeah, yeah. why do you think that they changed that uh, that, that track from, what was it, Friday 
to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday. Why was that changed? Do you have any idea? Yeah, to to my understanding, um, and I haven't spoken with anyone at ISOC directly about this, but I am 99% confident it's because the riders were so unhappy with it. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen such a dramatic change from night to night since I've been around. Um, I, I think that enough riders spoke up about it during the race or after the race on Friday that prompted the change because I don't in my opinion, ISOC wouldn't just change it for the sake of mixing up the show. Um, I think a lot of it came from rider influence and, um, I, I was happy to see that, um, not because I was happy to see the track change. I think it worked out, but it was really good. Like an affirmation to see a series, like listening to the riders, taking their feedback into consideration and not just saying, thank you for your feedback. Like when in, you know, I, I like to remind people that I am not an employee of ISOC. I am a contractor, like yeah. I'm just separate yeah. enough. Yeah. And that's like my fail safe so I can talk shit about them. Carl and Carl, Miranda, Bobby, Ryan, like the whole team, like they are really out listening to the athletes and impl- applying their feedback because they know that they are them. The series is not the experts. Um, they're not the ones that have to go out and put their equipment in for the most part, their safety out on the line, like the athletes do. So it was, it's really refreshing to, to hear them implement that again. I'm, I'm 99% confident that's the case. Do you think that that track was, um, I mean, obviously we're, we're not out there it's easy, it's easy to, to, you know, think about it, talk about it from, you know, computer screen or, you know, from your couch. Um, but do you think the track was as bad as, as they were saying, I, I know that they're out there. Um, but the only reason I ask is because then when you change it from Friday to Saturday, you know, from one night to the next, I mean, you are essentially changing the track. Hello. Uh, and, and the reason I ask is because like email Har that we brought him on, he had a fantastic finish. And then the next day, I mean, I think that the accident kind of had something to do with it, but you know, he kind of <laughs> just fell off the map. You know, do, do you think that that plays a factor then and, and, and maybe messes with maybe the integrity of, of sports if I'm being a devil's advocate? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think that I don't know. I don't think that necessarily messes with the integrity. I think you know, I'd be curious to know what the riders think as far as like for the fans, it's, it's, it's fresh, you know, and and that adds a whole nother level of excitement. Um, I know to get the sleds in, in bikes dialed in, it's not as, as laborious as it would be to dial in an off-road truck or even a side-by-side going from like a a bark river to a Crandon, you have your setups for, for each track and conditions thereof. But I, I think that just, the snowmobiles and stuff. Yes, there are changes and, and stuff you'll have to make, but again, I don't think it's as much as that. I'd be very curious to know what the riders think, because I think from the fan and like marketing perspective, it's, it's something fresh. I think people enjoyed it. Um, and everyone's going to have their opinion on it. Like the first night I, I feel like comparing it to Fargo where it seemed like the overwhelming majority were like, wow, this is insane. Which by the way, it was the best track I've seen in all my years of <laughs> being a snowcross fan. Um, I, I feel like the first night at Dubuque, it was 50, 50, like, Oh, great. This is, this is like, this is dangerous. It's a semi oval. There's some switchbacks, which look, 
just super sketchy. Um, other people are like, wow, this is cool. It's different from the previous year. And then we go to the next night. People are like, thank you for removing that. Like it looks, um, you know, it looks much safer. It's going to race well. And other people are like, great, another oval. So I feel like it was 50, 50, no matter what. Yeah. And that's just from, you know, my seeing how the fans and viewers responded. So yeah, I guess changing it up short story long again, man, I get long winded there. Um, I guess I'd be very curious to know how the riders feel about making such a big change during a race weekend. Uh, with, you know, how sketchy, obviously the winner can be, do you think it's really important to get to have success in the early part of the season? Whereas in the later part of the season, you know, come February, March, sometimes we may, we may not get, all the snow that we need or conditions that may not be right and events get canceled. So do you think it's really important to have success in the early part of the season to solidify, you know, a decent ending in case things get canceled? Yes. A thousand percent. Because look what happened two years ago. We didn't get our last two, was it two events? Yeah. We didn't get uh, Lake Geneva or Cannonsburg in. So that the championship season got cut short and it was really close for, for a few of the classes. I think Francis won it by one point in pro light or something crazy like that. So yeah, you definitely need to set yourself up with a cushion and not just with, with COVID, um, which I feel like we're pretty safe this year in terms of our schedule changes. Um, you know, could be too soon to tell, but, uh, (laughs) look how late we raced into March last year. It was, they were pulling in every last snow mound from every airport in the area. (laughs) Um, every mound in a parking lot and you know we got the race in but you would have pushed back like another day they would have been next to nothing so yeah you definitely want to set yourself up nicely because it's a very dangerous sport too you could tweak your back one night that could set you out for one round it could set you out for four but you i know riders that have been out for multiple rounds and still been in the top five for the championship chase so I'd say definitely there's, that's why there's so much pressure with the opening round is you also don't know where everyone else is at. Um, that's, you know, a big part of it is just not knowing how you stack up with everyone else. You're kind of getting your inside your own mind at that point, thinking about everyone, but, um, also, yeah, just to start off on the right foot and you can't win a championship in the opening rounds, but it really does help, especially, um, I know many riders have, have told me in, in confidence that, you know, you get into you have one or two bad nights or even just a bad qualifier um, to try and shake that and have the short-term memory to just let it roll off of you is really hard. And it's, it's easier than you think to slip into this mindset of, Oh, nothing's working or I'm failing at this or my, my, my mechanics are failing at this. So it's yeah. Be it, be it physically or machine wise, you want to, you want to get out there and perform from the get-go. So I know, uh, so, you know, ISOC is a big fan of having, you know, more classes than they should. So do you think that with the, uh, with the 30 plus, uh, class, so, you know, we're, we're obvious I'm 32, he's 34. Um, you know, some of these 30 guys are, are fucking jacked, you know, they're, they're looking, they're looking good. Okay. Yes. Do you think that we should possibly get, you know, another class in there that's like two XL and up. So like, you know, somebody <laughs> like me and Jeffrey can partake, but then we can also race against guys, you know, that are about equal size. And you know, I'm not trying to go against the guy who's 31 and, you know, can fucking squat a tree. I, I'm trying to race against a guy like Jeffrey. 
Yes, a thousand percent. Yes, that's real the big boy class. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. What, what would be if there was a title sponsor? Who would who would be the like the most perfect fitting title sponsor for this class? Fucking lots of matzah. Yeah, lots yeah. Of matzah, <laughs> big boy class. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the four meat for every win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's there's a big old contingency associated with it. All you can eat for the rest of the calendar year. That's fantastic. Extra 50 points if you have a heart attack mid-race. Yeah. Uh, uh, FXR Mo Medical. God damn it! No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me guess. A big boy class, right? Uh, yeah. no, I'm just throwing it out there in case you know we want to dabble in uh, in snowcross. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in a good word for you. Oh, please, please do, please do. Because like I said, you know, what's, what's one more? I mean, what's yeah. one more? But <laughs> no, that, uh, that. So uh, a topic that we've been uh, talking about too. Speaking of ISOC is in, in as far as changes, but um. We're uh, we're split on the fence, and you may have heard us talk about this. But as far as um, it goes, like uh, we're, we're split as far as laps and time go. Like, are you are you a big fan of of having certain set laps, or are you a big fan of having like a time frame? Because again, you know the the having having it on on schedule is great. But at the same time, like if you know somebody rolls over or whatever, we've had you know immense discussions as far as that go. Like, what are, what are your thoughts then against? Uh, First time. Are you referring to off-road? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, off-road. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a tricky question because I've seen it when it comes to dirt track racing, dirt oval racing. I am all about a good time limit because I think in dirt racing, if you've reached the time limit, like it's been a long time. Whereas in short course, the tracks are so long that like you you're on a caution for you know two, three minutes. Sometimes I feel like, um, I lose track of time when I'm out there. So that might be wildly inaccurate. I don't know, but what I'm getting is that really eats up the race in, it really affects the sportsman classes. So I guess I don't know what the easy solution is because I want to see a good run of show. I don't want the fans to be just like sitting there on under a caution. I know what that's like as a fan to just have a a show drag on and that's to no one's fault. Like that's a racing thing. So I want to keep the show moving. Um, but I guess I don't know that the timed is, is the easy solution, especially cause there was, I feel like there was races this year where they got a lap in, um, and that's really difficult in, you know, it's me not being a short course racer. Like I, I, I kind of know ballpark, but there's a lot of money involved to, to go out there and, you know, unfortunately may only field a, a lap or two. So I, in theory, I like the idea, but I guess I don't know if it's, it's the solution. Yeah. yeah. See, I I'm on the, I, I'm on the timed as far okay. as keeping the show on schedule. Um, yes. mm-hmm. I, I see why, why they do it. And I see why it needs to be done because like you said, you could have a 10 lap race, but the first lap into it, you're going to have a 30 minute caution. And then it's like, mm-hmm. then the show gets dragged on like by an hour. And then now with the, with the being timed, it's like now they could just keep the show going no matter what. And it yeah. does, like I said, it's a double edged sword. You know, you can either have a great race or you could be sitting there for, you know, the next 20 minutes and only get a lap in. 
But then again, mm-hmm. it, it does teach the drivers to be patient in some areas <laughs> or some classes to be patient, like the UTV class. <clears throat> um, but mm-hmm. um, Which one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> but no, I mean, but the, I mean, that's my theory. Uh, I think Andrew, uh, Andrew had a good explanation about it, but no, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for timed. But as far mm-hmm. as the show goes, I mean, if we, in a perfect world, I would, I would definitely take laps over time. So just because you got, sure. cause then you got time races on Lena versus Crandon and they're vaguely different tracks, you know, shorter, longer. Mm-hmm. So in a 20 minute span, you only get five laps at Crandon and you can get 20 laps at Lena. So it's, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, like you said, and, and I, yeah, and I, and I guess maybe I wasn't like super. I don't know if I, <laughs> I think I kind of went down this road of you know seeing it from the racer's perspective. But yes, it, I'm completely with you in terms of the run of show because that's like no one wants to see commercials played over and over. We wear them out. Um, it's hard on the content team to come up with that fill to, to fill the time if we have to cut away or whatnot um, into like to run too late at night. Like oh, I can't even think of what a, a good example, but I know like be it like snow cross or offer, there's been many times where we end up being like an hour, hour behind, I guess maybe not so much snow cross, but sometimes during the day show, you know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it throws everything off. So, it, you know, as long as we keep it on schedule and that's, that's, that's big for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, what about my, you, Tito? My only thing was I, I've been going since I was four. So I think most changes I'm always going to be a little bit, you know, resistant to like when the whole competition yellow thing came out, um, when it first made its way to the Midwest, I was like, this, this fucking sucks, man. I was like, because like my favorite drivers out front, you know, earned his right. And then now you're going to bring him back. But once I kind of got past that and then once, cause I was a teenager, you know, kid relatively. And, um, once I saw the value in it, I was like, okay, cause it's about the show. Like you guys said. It's about the show. It's about making sure it's, it's flowing, making sure like, Hey, like are you, it's not fun watching a guy out in the lead. Who's got a seven second, you know, lead the whole race. So you bunch them back up. So then I was like, okay, I'm a big fan of the caution. So I, I'm trying to like, you know, be okay with the time thing. And, and for me though, what I start to think about and what I've said before is that, you know, let's say it is a timed thing. Well, again, let's say that there's a caution. Well, there's a difference between, you know, running, 12 laps one day. And then the next day you're running nine. Like, it's like, you know, what, what could have somebody have done with an additional three laps? You know, what if, you know, somebody's making their way up to the field and then it's, and then it's like, Oh, well the time's up. It's, it's a, it's a white flag. Or again, where one day they got 12 laps and, and the, today they got nine and this guy's making headway and it, had he had three more laps, we could add ourselves a great race. So that, that's my only thing. Uh, about it but at the end of the day i do i do get it you know it, it is a business decision and um andrew you know made a really good point as far as like hey like if it's so easy you start your own series <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and then you know even possibility of, of like hey like what if sports networks want to pick it up and they're like hey we want to stream this live well it has to be on time then and and maybe yeah. that's what they're working towards is like hey this race is at 345 like fucking like it or not so mm-hmm. i i get it but i'm still <laughs> i still prefer the laps <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's a really good point too. And TV time is is a whole nother deal because 
yeah, like if they, you know, if it, it does become a live TV packaging deal and it has to start at three forty-five, and we didn't, we're still not done with, you know, X amount of races. And then I have to put those at the end of the day. Like it messes so many things up that you have to change on like the, the so it, yeah, there's definitely, there's so many pros and cons and yeah. And I, <laughs> Andrew's <laughs> point about like going to start your own series too. Like that's where it's so hard is live. You like, be it champ or like any race series out there is they try to make the best decision based on, based on the racers and not, not, not all the time of the racers on the same page. So it's, it's hard, but I feel like they've, I, I feel like that champs response or, or the driver's response to champ has been good. And it's been good to see them implement some of the things that the drivers are saying. And I'm excited to see if there's going to be any changes rolled out in this season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't want it to make it sound like, I'm, <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. yeah, you know, champ. Cause I mean, again, you know, I love the sport. I, I love what they're doing for it. There's always a reason behind it. And this is me just being like stupid picky, like, Oh, you know, the, the, the fucking French fries could have been a little more crispy. It's like dog. <laughs> no food, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting food like all the in and out was trash. Yeah, in and out is trash, Corey Winner. Pardon? Uh, oh, I, no. I was just saying in and out was trash. <laughs> oh. oh no, I heard you. They were yeah. fighting words. I love in and out. Yeah, it's so good. Give me the oh, double double. Oh man, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> she goes. Excuse me, ready to take yes, on the was it? She's like, what? <laughs> all I'm saying is, is I would go Culver's. Jack in the box and then and then in and out. No. Culver's Jack. Huh. I don't know that I've had Jack in the box. It no. sounds risky. It, it's super risky. That's why I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a risky biscuit. <laughs> no, but uh no, I, I guess too the I, the reason I bring up the time thing is just because um you know the the Pro Four race ends up being, you know, like seven o'clock now. Whereas mm-hmm. back in the day, I mean they're running Pro Four at four thirty and Maybe it's just the amount of classes that are that that's the issue. But, um, you know, I, I I like seeing the pro fours run when when there's still daylight, I guess, and the sun isn't setting. But, you know, because you know, we think back to Falk Randon, you know, that, that sun's getting real low. Yeah. <laughs> and some of those guys are coming into the, you know, that finished turn and that sun's like right in their face. So, I mean, that's I guess that's the only reason I bring it up. But. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's refreshing to chit chat about it because I'll be honest, like there are a lot of times when, um, and it's not so much drivers, I feel like it's, you know, or just fans, just anyone, like we get to talking about these things and I'm, I take a very neutral stance on it, not because I like I should is media, but because like, I genuinely enjoy hearing all sides of it and I don't have all the answers. I didn't, I didn't race off road. So to me, it's, I, it's good that I hear all these things, but a lot of times, like, as people are like talking to me about it, they like almost subconsciously, like start like venting to me, like as you know, someone who I am a representative of the series, but they almost get kind of emphatic about it and like angrier as they're speaking. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just listening. Like I'm not even taking a side here. So to have like an, an open dialogue about it is really refreshing. Yeah. So normal transition. When do you think Johnny G is going to, you know, hang up the, hang up the boots? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, Ooh, I don't want to think about it. I think he's got a lot. I think he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. Um, but I think the day that he does announce that this is a, I hope he gives us a fair warning, like gives a farewell to her, doesn't just quit cold Turkey. And I think he'll still be involved. I'd like to think he'd still be involved no matter what. Um, but 
yeah, maybe I just like, I, I don't want to think about it because I'd probably get really emotional the day that he um, would make that announcement, but now hopefully many years left for Johnny G. Yeah. Cause again, I was thinking about Falkrand and, and, and how, you know, old Johnny G. So when we obviously, as you guys saw and, and rush, even at the beginning of the season, I didn't even know if I was going to ask him this question or not. Cause me and him, well, just me. I was still a little, <laughs> little butthurt about our whole, my whole history with it, with him. But one, once I got to finally talk to him and, and so then I just asked him, you know, about like retirement, like, is this a real thing? And he was like, I don't know, you know, if I'm a shell of myself, I don't want to be that person. And it did worry me a little bit because I mean, he's been there ever since I've been going there. Mm-hmm. And then, he, you know, I got that win at Lena and then he got another win at Crandon. And then, you know, he finished second at, at you know, in the world cup race you know, that, that, uh, you know, Sunday race was, was incredible. You know what I mean? For Johnny G to kind of come out and throw the fucking hammer down right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I do recall him saying that now that you mentioned it, that if he's not going to be competitive for race wins and podiums, then, you know, why, why come out there and invest all the time, effort and money. So he's, yeah, this was a really good year for him and to get a career win, 100. Like that was a, that was really, really cool. I didn't, I don't think I realized it was 100 until towards the end of the race, someone radioed and said, not confirmed yet, but we think this is 100. Holy holy smokes. Um, hundred in the the pro four that is. Um, so that was pretty cool. Now I'd, I'd hope that that retirement is nowhere near on the horizon, especially after last season. Yeah, no, I agreed. I mean, he got that, he got one-on-one at Crandon, uh, and then, you know, finished second behind Keegan and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens in 2022 as, as far as, you know, the pro four, I know that we're going to venture into the pro two realm of things. Um, and then a few weeks ago, we had champ off road here and we, uh, we made our, you know, really early picks yeah. <laughs> as far as, as far as, uh, you know, who we think is going to win. So, I mean, we'll have to throw you on the spot here and, and we'll just do pro light pro two and pro four, but who is your pro light pick? Oh my gosh. Okay. And forgive me here because I am like completely changed gears yeah, like in yeah. snow mode right now. Yeah. So <laughs> pro light without remembering or maybe having heard some news yet, I guess of who's stepping up. Um, hmm. Mm. Is Hager sticking around in pro light? Does anyone know? I, I think I want to say he is because okay. we were talking to Jared Brooks last week and I, and it, he made it sound like him and Brock were still going to be, you know, kind of because they're friends and like he was going to be around next year. Okay. Gotcha. But in, in the pro light, you think? Yeah. I think. Okay. I want to say yes. Okay. I think, you know, he was undeniable this year. So it, in, in terms of, if he's able to carry that over, you'd be silly not to go with him. Um, it would be sweet to see him and step into a, a pro two just after the year he had. Um, but Kyle grieves too. Like it was just, it was so, he was so close. Um, he was so close, but so far two years oh, ago. <laughs> that kid. Uh, uh, we, we did get wins are- though. We did get wind that he is upgrading his uh, engine package to the same as Brock. So he was a little underpowered uh, this season. So, and I'm not saying Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take it away from his driving skills or anything, but a little extra horses wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. 
Yes, most definitely. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say, you know, I think, I think that would be good. Might, might provide for some, some better racing moments. Like, yeah. Cause Brock was, it, it was still good racing, but he was just results wise was, was pretty undeniable. So that would be, it'd be super exciting to, to see a Midwesterner guy take, uh, take the championship again. But Brock was, Brock was so freaking exciting to watch in, in the side-by-side and the truck. Yeah. He was damn talented. I said that if, uh, if, if somehow for some reason, Cole Mamer came back to pro light. I think that that would be my pick would be Cole Mamer. If, Cause if he got a chance at a full year, cause 2020 wasn't around the full year. And then this past year, he just had a few issues and that kind of cost him and, and tossed him back. But, and I think he was really focused on that pro four. So I guess it really depends. And, and I think that if he had like the pro four and the wraps and if he came back to pro light, that would have been my pick would, would be Cole Mamer for pro light if he comes back, but if he didn't, it'd, it'd be Brock. Yeah. Cole had a a lot of really good moments at the end of the season when he stopped breaking and having those, (laughs) you know, the last corner, last lap Uh, situations. Um, That was heartbreaking, but yeah, he came, he had a really stout end of the season. So I think, yeah, focused on, on one o'clock. I think focus was the issue, but you know, like it it definitely doesn't hurt. So he would, I said, that's a good pick. What about uh, pro two then loaded question. So, so what we had said about pro two, is that and pro four. So I'm not sure what Doug's going to do. I know that he had talked about last year about maybe moving back to pro two, maybe staying in pro four. And even his dad said, you know, they're, they were still up in the air about it. Um, but for the the sake of the question, let's say Doug Mateg is going to be in a pro two. I don't know if that's going to affect your, your answer or not, but let's say hypothetically he is a part of the pro two class who would be your pro two pick. I guess I, so I haven't seen, I haven't worked with Doug, like on a being, he hasn't been here for a full season in a pro two. So I haven't worked around him for a full season to really like analyze him all season long. I like what I saw last season in the pro four, just when, when, again, when he wasn't having those, (laughs) those fluke issues or, um, you know, wrecking. So he'd be a good one, but I think that, Jarrett, assuming he's back, I'm pretty confident he's back. I guess um, I think he is like he's out for blood, man. Like he was fired up at the end of last year, and then Crandon, man, the championship um, between he, you know, him, Corey, Keegan, like oof, oof. So he's he's motivated. He's he was wicked quick. Um, so I, he'd be my pick for Pro Two. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we all picked. Yep. Was uh, <laughs> our champ memes picked uh, picked Corey Winner? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine my surprise. Yeah. A, yeah, a bit of a dark horse there. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then for Pro Four, who would be uh, your pick? Let's say Doug is is before. This is just, this is just a wild card. Um, oh gosh. Jimmy Anderson. You think Jimmy? I'm really eager to, to, uh, speak with Jimmy. And then, so he's kind of on my, my tentative, like preseason content list. I want to link up and, and do some content and learn about his plans for the season. Um, cause he, yeah, he definitely had a lot of gains this year. Um, before though, oh gosh, I think, <sighs> Mm. Yeah, this this is the toughest one. 
Yeah. That's one of them all. Um, okay. I, a prediction. I think that Leduc and CJ might not be able to stay out of each other's way. And then like Johnny's going to slide in there. Ooh. I think okay. I like that's that. like my wild card situation Bold. and be epic. Johnny <laughs> for the win. Nice. But I like the, the safe prediction in there is that it's going to be bananas once again with drama and the, where they'll be so evenly matched will be the race wins. So it will come down to it. Um, but perhaps that drama might get in the way of, of a championship. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Leduc that Bark River and Crandon, man, that yeah. those two weekends just took him completely out of it. I mean, that first race at Bark River, when I just, the problems he had, I was like, man, I'm like, He's going to have to have a hell of a, you know, hell of a Sunday and uh, a good Saturday at Crandon. And then once again, the issues, I was like, I think, I think that's it, man. <laughs> like, it's yeah. going to take some miracle work, but definitely, but yeah, no, um, glad we're able to go through that. So speaking <laughs> of, uh, predictions, um, kind of want to go back to 2021. Um, dude, how wild was that whole shot though on on Sunday for Pro Two? On Sunday for Pro Two, uh, World Championship Day. <laughs> yep, you got the you got the blue and white number thirteen Pro Two hitting the turn one. Hell of a whole shot, Jay Schaefer. <laughs> Twenty trucks ahead. Twenty trucks ahead. <laughs> I'm honestly trying to think back because I wasn't like. I, I was oh. I was kind of unplugged that day. Like I wasn't like working, working. I was oh, yeah. just like run around trying to tie up like loose ends oh, okay. content for the series. So I honestly I I can't remember exactly. One thing I do remember is the water truck, water water truck gate. Water <laughs> truck gate. <laughs> <laughs> I still look back at it because I think I what was I doing? I oh yeah I I, I saw the truck like they they saved the replay. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's been wiped from. You know the air and the on demand, but I look back and I just chuckle. It was so close. That was, was oh insane. Do you see Chant Memes is uh about it? No, right? Was or it, you're talking or about I, the safety truck, right? The safety, safety, not the duh. yeah, 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 the safety truck I mean, and the pro lights. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> the, a water truck wouldn't be cruising that fast, you yeah. moron. No, the <laughs> the the safety truck, and then it had like the the two pro lights, and it was like crossing in front of it. As like we've been uh, trying to reach you regarding a car's extended warranty. <laughs> That's the one. Oh my god, so funny. Um, yeah, there's there's so much. I haven't had a good like visit to the page and scrolling recently. Um, but oh, I love that page. <laughs> yeah. oh, man, we yeah, no, we talked about our favorite. I think mine was the the one for the South Park Randy Marsh. He's like, I didn't hear no bell, and it was like talking about <laughs> Daily Penico, and he yeah. rolled like fucking two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god one of my favorite there was two of them from last year um i actually have it up now it was i i was like peeing my pants laughing on the way to erx when they only allow family at the podium deceased and then monster family yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one of it was um adrian chenny and it was like the skeleton at the bottom of the ocean do you remember that one? Oh yeah um oh, what was it was it after it might have been after anago um 
Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember it was something like Adrian Cheney, like leading the race or something. Oh yeah. It was this one. Um, Keegan sweeping pro two, CJ sweeping pro four, but the race fans all praising Keegan and then Jenny getting his first podium in a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but the best part was his comment. Jenny says, yep, I can hold my breath a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. And I think Um, it's funny because I don't expect that from Jenny um, because he's, he's so nice. He's so professional. Um, But I just like, I, um, like, I don't have like that connection with him where I feel like I can joke. So I haven't seen any of that for him. So when I read that, it just made it all the funnier. <laughs> Man, you know, I feel like I can joke with like a lot of people or, you know, kind of get, kind of get a, like uh rapport going with people. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, but man, I tell you what, dude, I think the one guy I, I'm, I'm going to struggle with next year <clears throat> and we'll probably bring him on as a guest. Uh, is is Mickey Thomas? I have like the hardest time <laughs> trying to talk with this gentleman. Like, okay, we we would be in the back, and and I'd just be like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "Hey, yeah." I was like, "I was like, it's weather, huh?" He's like, "Yeah, sunny." I'm like, "I'm gonna put these GoPros on." He's like. I have GoPros. And I'm like, all right, man, see ya. I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know what to say to him. Like, I don't know if I can joke with him. Like, and then like we came over by like Caleb and cause he was cleaning up and and he came over and he's like, Hey guys, want some pizza? You can have pizza. And I'm like, oh sweet, thanks, man. I was like, hey, good race. He's like, Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know like how, <laughs> to, was, how to approach it. That, that was pretty awkward moment right there. It was. I was like, I was like, damn, Tito's, Tito's really trying to fucking pull a conversation I, out of this. I was, dude. <laughs> it's uh, hard to imagine like you being awkward because you're always just like so like you're you're so sociable, so just like lovable. I can't, I like it's hard to imagine someone not like wanting to reciprocate that. Um, but it's but I know what you're talking about is he's he's so nice and like anytime I go just talk to him for notes or whatever he's just so gracious but um yeah I feel like it is it is guarded and he's quiet and I, I get I get shy guy vibes from him yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 100 because like when I first started filming Corey Corey was kind of the same way but I got that uh, I, I got the fortunate nature to hang around in the pit like because I was, I was filming the whole year yeah. Whereas like here, it's like, you know, I like, I knew Caleb, but I already knew some of the pro two guys from before, but it was like Mickey, like I, I just, I can, for the life of me cannot, like, <laughs> I know that if we invite him on, like, hopefully he says yes. And then like, I wouldn't even know what to fucking put for notes, man. Like, hey, so like, what's your favorite color? Like, you know, you have, yeah, it's like first date questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, like, what's your favorite food? Like, do you like Italian? Like, are you a Caribbean kind of guy? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know like how to, how to, what to ask. I'll have to ask Caleb for, for like notes. <laughs> you ask him something just so ridiculous. Like, okay, so hot salad or cold soup? Yeah. <laughs> just, it would probably be like, neither. He'd be like, I, I eat cold soup anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the can, <laughs> it's like it's like just cracks the camel's top and just eats it yeah. like, like split pea and ham, and you're like, what? 
I'm going to throw up now. Uh, <laughs> it's my pre-race uh, yeah. meal. It's like, I'm just imagining like a lot of soups, not a lot of soups, but some of the like thicker soups out the can. Like you have, it's like a little bit dehydrated. So you have to add a can of water. Oh, so you don't know, it's like cat food. Yeah. Oh man. It's like a bad potato salad. Okay. Oh, Mickey Thomas, I've got questions. Uh, yeah. 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 But please, please uh, don't, don't eat cold soup. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh God. He's never going to come on the show. Yeah. Especially if he listens to this one. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I, I do look forward to, to, to learning more about him. I'm sure. Like you said, he's a really gracious guy. He's super nice, super kind to me in the back. You know, he's, he was, Nothing but but awesome. Um, speaking of awesome, though, so we're already taking taking bets. We're taking uh, spots. Yep. Uh, yep. I want to extend the invite to you. So next year at ERX, so home track, uh, we're getting annual, together the the, uh, second, the annual. second annual uh, pit foot race. Looking to see if uh, you want to be in the uh, the foot race. So we're we're just going to do uh, from from one side of the pit to the other. We're going to run. Going to run. So we're going to have a sprint. Is the Pope Catholic? Count me in. All right. Yeah. Yeah. See, we see we and entry got an entry. We'll we'll make sure we'll do uh do some stretches. We'll yeah, do group yeah, stretching we'll, beforehand. Oh uh, total but group stretching. Is it like a, a relay race? Like are you having to hold a drink and you can't spill it? Like what are I know ooh, there's some ooh, there's hey. some factors here you're not telling me I about like that. before can I sign I dr- up. Can boss, can I drink? What? Excuse me, what? Can I drink? After, after. We're okay, going to have to hold after, it after. Okay. okay. <laughs> he gave All you right. a Haley Shanley, pardon me? Yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Yeah, so we got, we got, we got $20 entries uh, and then winner take all. Yeah, we have a trainer coming in with uh, special hamstring stretches. Yep, yeah. Buddy, a really close buddy of mine uh, got hurt last year, so um, told Mr. Carlson that, uh, you know, he's going to have to rake great that uh that barbaric facility so that you know no one else <laughs> continues to uh to get hurt uh yeah at, at shame on him. yeah he and mr carlson narrowly escaped a lawsuit i heard uh, that, that's yeah. all i'm saying from the that's foot all, race yeah. from a close source that's what my friend said is that you know he was this close to just shutting the whole thing down he's like i'm gonna own this fucking park yeah. so it ruined his whole you know. day of shooting the next yeah. <laughs> that whole day my friend had to hike a mountain fucking two weeks later oh god it was bad and then he had bruising on the back of his leg i mean it was bad yeah he was changing like and he was in his underwear and like his boss saw him and he was like what's wrong with your leg and my friend's like well, i told you i pulled my hamstring you know so. I, I think i got that video <laughs> we're talking about tito what <laughs> so we're talking about tito Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that was me. I thought so because I remember you. I I remember you like limping around. I, I don't remember if this was like still in like I can't remember because I saw you at the rally cross race. I don't know if you're still milking it then or if this was like, like the end of the off road season. <laughs> milking oh, it four no, months no, later. It was, uh, it was at ERX though. <laughs> Dude, it was like. I don't know, fucking Keegan. He's like, I'm bored. You guys should race. And I was like, all right, man, like fucking let's do it. I haven't sprinted in eight fucking years. And then I'm like, yeah, I can do it. And I'll race. And I rolled my ankle and on a rock and my leg straightened out and I felt a pop in my leg. 
And then I went to compensate with the other leg. So I didn't fall over and I felt the little pop there. And I'm like, well, my day's done. <laughs> You're reaching for the life alert. Yeah, God, for real. Dude, it was so bad. I was like, give me some ice. Like it was bad. I thought he was faking it the whole time. Made, oh, made, yeah. made doing interviews and everything a whole just difficult. It was just difficult. Even. Hey, hey it, it opened. I feel like though that was like the key to opening up all the Pro Four drivers, because then they could see like I was I was in pain, and then they could kind of laugh at like the video that they took of me <laughs> fucking my shit up, and they're like, oh, like, and then they could laugh and kind of like relax a little bit, and it wasn't so like super serious. <laughs> but you know, a driver that didn't get video was Mickey Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the back eating his soup. <laughs> I gotta stop that. Yeah. He's never gonna fucking talk to me. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're we're uh, gonna wrap this up here in a little bit. We got a couple questions for you. Uh, okay. This is Jeffrey's idea. I don't know if you want to ask the questions or not, Jeffrey. But this was this was awesome. Yeah. So uh, we have I, I listen to another podcast and they do this uh, future headlines. So we're gonna do this one right here. Johnny Dream Johnny G Dream Season ends with Pro Four Championship, or Keegan Kincaid repeats a Crandon World Cup champion. So, what, what one is what one is more likely to happen? Oh, more likely to happen. Gosh, well, well, Johnny G Dream Season. Uh, that was my prediction. There's but no bias in it. it. There's. <sighs> I'd say, man, just based purely based off of so guys, don't hold this against me. Don't hold me to it. I'd say just purely based off of more consistency last year from Keegan. It's I'd, I'd say Keegan to repeat at the World Cup. Ooh, I I, I think. Ooh. Nice. I, I picked the first. I I picked Johnny. Did you? <laughs> I there. Okay, so this one, ooh, this one's gonna be a tough one. <laughs> this one's gonna be a tough one. Okay. Corey Winner gets first win, or Kyle Greaves breaks the Cranon curse. <laughs> He's not breaking the Cranon curse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kyle, I'd love to be proved wrong. <laughs> Man, and I, I, you know, I, I think, I think Corey, he's been knocking on the door of that, of that first win. No, <laughs> uh, I, I really hope, yeah, Corey gets that first pro two win. I, I told him too last year. I was like, man, I was like, if you get your first pro two win the year after I'm filming you, I'm like, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. <laughs> and then you know, God heard me and uh, didn't give him that win. So you know. Bless up to big guy. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you. Yeah. 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 Good looking out, man. Yeah. <laughs> I did ask him to, I made him a bet. I was like, Hey, do you think you'll get your first pro two win before I get my media vest? And I'm like, do you want to do the bet? And he's like, Ooh, dude, he had to think about it. He was going to go for it too. And he's like, when do you think you'll get your vest? I was like, I'm like, I'm hoping by bark river, like bark river weekend. And I think we are already at Lena and, uh, or no, we were at ERX and uh, I was like, hopefully by Bark River. And he had to think about it. He's like, ah, I don't know. 
he started obviously thinking about like, can I win at these tracks? And and I don't think he felt comfortable enough, but um, so he didn't take the deal and good thing he didn't. So. So what did you do to still not have a media vest? What did, what wrongdoings oh. did you cause? <laughs> what, what does Mike Roth have against you? Fucking breathing. That's, that's what I was wrongdoing. I was still alive trying that's what that's my this problem with me you have a pulse yeah, yeah. you're blinking <laughs> fucking unbelievable no uh, <laughs> no uh long story short is when i uh when i went to go film for Corey and kyle i didn't know how to go about getting a um a media vest and i and i went about it the wrong way um i should have asked for help like i i mean i have jeffrey right there and um, so by the time that I did ask for help, um, me and my friend were supposed to film. I provided his information in his website. What I didn't know is that Mike, um, if I was providing his information in his website, he should have been the one submitting the information, not me, because then now it seems like I'm just trying to get on, on the, on the course. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then Jeffrey wanted my help because it was shortened five seasons. So then, you know, the next race, he's like, Oh, can I use your help? He applied for me. And that made it even worse thinking like I was just trying to get on the track using Jeffrey. And it made it seem like, like I was like hounding him and I was just trying to get on the track. Like I'm some Joe Schmo. And, and that was a really big red flag for him. And, and, and once he explained it, like, like I got it, I understood it. I'm like, Hey man, like I get it. This isn't a, a joke. Like you don't just let any Joe Schmo out there. Like it is dangerous out there. And, and I'm like, and I was willing to do whatever it needed. Like to me, at the end of the day, it wasn't about necessarily getting the vest. It was about getting our rush content. And it was about putting that stuff together. Like if I could be that third camera guy out there, awesome. If not, like, I know I'm, I'm doing my job as far as, you know, the interviews, the stuff like that, interacting with the drivers. Um, and, and if it came, it came, if it didn't, you know, no big deal. And, and there's a part of me that was a little bit better. I was like, if I don't, if I don't get it by Bark River, but then he offers it at Crandon. I would probably say no, just to be like, Hey, listen, I put in my full year and I don't want this as like a pity, like vest, like, Oh, it's last race. Like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Like, give it to me. And and you go like, let me, let me at least finish the year doing what I did. Let me earn it. And then I'll, and then I'll take it at any go. Sure. So, but he ended up giving it to me at Bark River and man, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It was a it was yeah. a lot of talks between me and Mike throughout the whole season because he, mm-hmm. he he couldn't understand why. Um, if you don't know this by now, Tito and I are cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. really, yeah, 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 we really are. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm fucking with you. Obviously, you're just. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I know. I was like, I hope she's playing. Yeah, man. yeah. She got us. But no, so Mike didn't know that. So he couldn't understand why I was going. I was basically putting my off-road career, my my media business on the line on on Tito. And he mm-hmm. and he couldn't understand that. And I never wanted to tell him to be like, oh yeah, he's my cousin. You know, and, and get be like, oh, okay, he's your cousin, so let's give him a shot. And I'm like, nah, if Tito's going to earn it, he's going to earn it, like, how I had to do it, how Lyle had to do it. And, you know, he, you know, and Mike wasn't pulling no no strings for, for me because, I, I mean, I was expecting ERX after Crandon, you know, like, I was like, ah, he'll do it for two races and he'll see what we, what we, what we were trying to do and, 
man, it, it was like after every race, it was like a two hour conversation. And Tito, <laughs> and I don't think I ever told Tito or Lyle that. I was like, after every race, two hour conversation on the phone, you know, walking back and forth in my yard. And it was, you know, it was, it was hectic. And, you know, just uh, show them how serious we were about our documentary, our passion project, and even what we do within the media realm uh, for the drivers. Um, I think what really changed his mind was uh, at Bark River Saturday, um, we finally put together a little small trailer of what what we planned on doing. And then Mike was like, we showed Mike and Mike's first question was like, who did this? <laughs> we're like, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> none taken, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was like, who did this? And we're like, uh, we did. And he was like, where'd you guys get all the content from? And I'm like, we shot it all. Like, this is, this is all, this is why we need Tito. This is what Tito's been doing or what you've allowed him to do um, within the realm of being out there as far as a media person. And I was like, but I was like, we do need him to capture more and more content for us to have three of us filming on a track like Bark River is definitely a plus because the track is so big. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, long story short, though, with, you know, just with the, the rush, uh, the rush trailer, you know, that helped us immensely. And then him saying, like, you know, we I had to keep it a secret because he told me Saturday morning. He was like, I'm going to give it to him Sunday mo- or the next day on Sunday. And I'm like, oh, man, he was like, but you can't tell him. And I was like, man, you're going to make me wait all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> with this information <laughs> and then i kept teasing him teasing tito all day about it. i was like man do you think you're actually gonna get it tomorrow I was like, what if it doesn't happen tomorrow like are you just gonna give up give up on life <laughs> uh, but no it, it, it was a great day though it was it was amazing like just the hard work that it took and the not even sacrifice but the trust that we had to gain from mike you know, mm-hmm. and to show him that, like, what Tito said, like, any, not any Joe Schmo can just go out there and do what we do. Right. You know. hundred so. percent. And like I said, yeah, and, I, and I totally, and I totally get where Mike was coming from as far as why maybe he was being so hard on, on Tito. Um, just because he's probably never seen Tito and, and, and I got to, you know. And Tito's never done anything like this, so <laughs> to to prove it in four, five races is, you know, I don't. I, it's like I said, it, it's awesome. It's awesome to see see my brother in a in a red vest. <laughs> so. <laughs> Absolutely, like in in nothing like, um, Mike is so good at what he does. Like he is, he's so diligent. He he manages a lot between photography and, and managing the series media. He's very, very good at it. And I, I know that it's a long process to, to get his trust. And they really do limit the amount of people on track because of the safety thing and insurance. It is a huge liability to those listening who, who don't understand kind of why the structure is the way it is. Um, so I know, and I back in like my shooting days too, like I, I mean, not that I was out there for every race or anything, but to get even like the, any kind of vest or any sort of media credential is very hard to do. Um, I'm glad that he sees, had seen the value that you guys are bringing because 
man, you guys are, like I said, I can't say it enough. Like you were, you were elevating the series and what I had said in Corendon about it's reminding me of like the 2000, 2009, 2012, like that era of the really juicy drama in, in the truck classes. Like you guys are reinvigorating that. Um, and that gets the drivers excited and, you know, it's, it's very valuable to them marketing content wise, just good for the sport all around. So I'm, I'm really, really happy he sees the value for sure. Cause it's, it's invaluable in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's worth it yet. I mean, he shot the first <laughs> corner at Crandon. Man, and... I was just about to talk about that too. <laughs> go on, you, you could, you could go. I, I'm, I'm done being salty about it. Mike, Mike <laughs> did ask me. He's like, so how was it up there? I was like, I shit my fucking pants, dude. I was like, I've been around this thing since I was four, dude. I've been on the fence. Like I, like I've been like by the truck, but as far as being that close, right on turn one. Um, like, you know, they're hauling ass or coming down and I'm thinking I'm ready until they get to me. And then I realize like these fucking guys are like 10 feet away. There's rocks and dust flying And my natural instinct was like, ah, like to like turn the camera away. And yes. I remember thinking too, like for the pro light race, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I cannot be doing that again. Well, dude, again, happen again. Fucking pro two come running down the front stretch and I'm like, I'm trying to film it. And I'm not even looking at the, I'm not even looking at the screen. I'm just, I'm just kind of like the <laughs> same thing with pro four, dude, it was even scarier. And then, so I'm like, man, I'm like, so part of me, I'm like, man, I, I hope I like got some of that. And then, <laughs> and then Jeffrey let me know that I didn't get any of that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it started out so good. Yeah. And then it went. It was like slow motion. It was like they're coming in sideways, all of a sudden shake and then sky. Yeah. The, the pro four, the pro four footage that he had, like the entry of the pro four start was so beautiful. And then midway through, you just see the camera start shaking and then it going <sighs> pointing up in the air. And I'm like, bro, no. Oh, I got so scared. <laughs> uh, like oh, I got gosh, no problem admitting it. <laughs> It's a lot like, I mean, I've, I've never shot turn one. Um, I know like I I'd compare it to like, no matter how long you've been around it, like you hear those trucks fire in the pits, you shoot other parts of track. Um, like I'd compare it to if you've ever shot like outdoors, like deer hunting, right? Like you have one objective and that is to like aim at, at the deer. <laughs> but as soon as they pull the trigger, it's just like you... Like your natural instinct kicks in. And that for me, like the lens was nowhere near where it would need to be. I had no business filming um, anything outdoors, but I, I feel like it sounds like very much of the same, just adrenaline or oh, yeah. nerves, whatever you call it, just kick in. Uh, yeah, no, no, it, was, uh, it was a lot. Yep. Definitely a lot to learn still, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, and, and I think I was so confident because I'd shot, the the finish corner for practice so I was, I was right there like you know these guys coming around like no problem i was on the inside for bark river um just gravel pit crandon and i was like yeah man like you know i'm callous to it i'm ready like 
Ain't no thing, man. I'm a veteran now. <laughs> and then I get on turn one. I was like, this is fucking wild, man. I was like, I think you got me in the wrong spot, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh man. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do better next year. You you turn around as soon as they exit turn one and you see Mike Ross stand there being like, I'm gonna need you to hand it the vest yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't have a pansy out there. I'm like, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> here's a pink, here's a pink vest, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's gonna. I should show up with a pink vest next year, Jeffrey. You should. <laughs> Kept abysmal pink. Oh, where, where does that get you? Yeah, I'm a sponsor now. Oh, Pepto. Oh. So I don't shit my pants on turn one. I don't know. You think he'd be okay with that? I mean, we had to shut down all funny jokes about the quest. Oh, the yeah. Dude, Chat Memes made like a meme about it, but I, I was like the only person that was like, hey, man. You gotta, we can't be having this one up. What was the meme about? So I, so I took a picture of like the, the camera shooting areas of ERX. Yeah. And then uh, like on like where he could stand and like all the other guys could stand. And then I painted like everywhere outside, like the spectator area, I painted it mm-hmm. green. And then I put Tito, Tito's like a uh, standing area or something like that. And then, uh, like, I don't know, I put it on my Snapchat or something like that. And then chat memes, like put it on theirs and they were like, like, I don't know, like, like best luck to, to get in the vest or something like that. And then I think Amanda showed Mike and he was like, not thrilled about it. Oh, like she, like she generally thought like he was going to find it funny. Like it, like it was going to be okay. And then. Yeah, and then it wasn't. Yeah, that was like another. That was another hour conversation at the track. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, of why why Tito shouldn't be out on the track. <laughs> yep. He was like, Jeffrey, oh do you think gosh, this is funny. a fucking joke? And I'm like, No, Mike, this ain't a joke. <laughs> like, but <laughs> I was like, Trust me on this. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So like, you got you got to find a sense of humor in it. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> but, but like I said, I, I understand to a point why why he did what he did with Tito. Um, like I said, safety concerns and everything, but man, sure. the, the, the the quest to the vest, that, that would have been a good vlog. Quest to the vest. <laughs> yeah, that's what we we're calling it. Yeah. Like behind closed doors, we we're calling it the quest to the vest. Oh God, uh, yeah. That's good. Well, the crazy chat so memes good. guy. He was like, We need a 30 for 30 on yeah. the quest for the vest. Good. And 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 it was the talk of pits there for a little bit yeah. too everywhere we would show up the first question you get that vest yet Tito <laughs> it didn't matter who it was it could have been a, a mechanic it could have been the drivers it could have been the mom and dad and it was just like dude how do you know about this <laughs> yeah too many people I'd sit down for the interview I'm like you get your vest yet I'm like, no <laughs> you see me in red yeah <laughs> that's funny well you keep the pink one on standby in the event you get your vest revoked that that's the universal signal yep i I got a vest it's not it's not the vest it's not going to get me out there yeah it's a vest yeah (laughs) it gets me it gets me under the awnings yeah Yeah. <laughs> it's an awning vest, yeah. Uh, it's that no. special, it's that special pit pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got one? No, I didn't think so, man. Only me. Yeah. No, he did tease me though about that. He's like, Oh, we should get you a pink vest. 
And for me, that was confusing for me. I was like, this motherfucker's joking about it. But when I do it, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so then when he was like joking about the pink vest, I was like, ah, yeah. And I was like, Mike, Mike was joking with you? Yeah. Yeah, he would he like would. joke about like a pink, like me wearing a pink vest. And I was like, okay with it. I was like, oh, that's funny. And that's why I thought I could do like the whole like, Oh, Tito, Tito area. And then I was like, you think this is fucking funny, Jeffrey? Like, yeah, he's yelling at Jeffrey, not even me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you got a secondhand verbal lashing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, shit, man. Uh, it, it was like, it, it was bad. It, like we went to, I went to a golf, The I went to the Riders Cup uh, down in uh, Milwaukee or down in Sheboygan this year. And he called me again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here talking to this guy, like walking the holes and, you know, trying to enjoy my, my Saturday. And I'm just like, yes, 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 Mike, I understand. Yes. I know he's a liability, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> but like, trust me, I was like, we all had to start somewhere. <laughs> and, and, and the crazy thing is too, is like, I did the same thing for Lyle, you know, like I put my name, I put everything out on the line for you know for Mike to trust me with the people that I bring I guess like the people that I bring into the sport as far as media people go and mm-hmm. you know and right now I'm hoping I'm you know I'm two for two as far as you know bringing in bringing in talent because I mean my brother became a phenomenal editor you know storyteller cameraman and I'm hoping that Tito's gonna Bring in the other side that we're missing as far as podcasting, commentator, um, you know, helping us out with the interviews and being more sociable than than I am, at least. So, you know, um, <laughs> so it, it's, uh, you know, like I said, so far, so good. So let, let's keep the ball rolling. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, it's going to be a good year, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, dude. I was asking them today, um, you know, you, you may not, uh, you may, you may not, this will be the last questions and then we'll, or last question, then we'll wrap it up. But I asked them, I was like, uh, you know, loud, the, the couple of the camera guys this weekend. And, and I was like, who did like, who do you guys miss the most? Like, who's your, who's your favorite camera guy that you're like missing? And like, for me, it was, is, is Caleb. Like it was Brody, but Brody lives fucking 20 minutes down the road. And I hadn't seen that guy. So he can go pound sand. <laughs> but for me, I was like, I was like, okay, it's going to be Caleb. So what about for you? Is, do you, do you get to see these guys all the time? Is there somebody from off road, uh, like uh short course that you miss that, that you can't wait to see again come race season? I'm, I miss everyone. I, so I do get to work with Brody. Um, so I'm actually one of the co-producers of, of Sledhead. So we work very closely together. He's always at, we both go to snowcross races. So, um, I don't miss him. <laughs> no one misses you, Brody. Yeah. <laughs> no one, a single soul. <laughs> I get it. The crazy oh. thing is he he actually listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I hope that he does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I kid. I kid. Um, that audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we love you, Cubby. Uh, no, I I miss I miss honestly like I miss everyone. I miss like the whole gang. Like I miss like it the. It both Crandons too, like in the media center, everyone's just like chilling out, like having a drink afterwards and, and just chilling. 
and laughing and making inappropriate jokes. And I miss that. I really miss that. Um, so I, I'm really, it was really refreshing to see, to see Lyle, to get one of you, one of the gang, mm-hmm. um, back out. So I don't know. I, I, are you going to make me pick one person in particular? I mean, yes. I yes. mean, I picked, oh. I, I picked Nogs. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nogs is good. Nogs is good shit. So, yeah, um, I told you. What's your deal with them, Tito? I did, I'm just saying I, I miss Caleb more. I love Nogs, but. You were the impression. I don't think Kaylee ever heard your impression of Nogs. Cl- no, I haven't. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and picture. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, can I run? <laughs> 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 oh my god that's pretty funny <laughs> uh, gosh that, yeah mm, i hate this i feel like i'm picking favorite people and i don't have favorite people good, good. we want fights we yes. want fights day yes. one we want in the media we center want, we want drama i want yeah <laughs> this is where we want the drama yeah <laughs> okay okay <laughs> you really like the drama. You you were you know stirring the pot at, yeah. <laughs> uh, at Nitro. You asked me. You did a you did I think an Instagram story or Facebook Live or something. You were asking me who who does photo better, Midwest or West Coast? Oh yeah, video yeah better. that's right. Yeah. That's right. And Caleb's Caleb got on the horn. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what he said, but it was something oh. like, "Oh, nice, like way to." Way to burn bridge. Way to burn a bridge, or or something like that. Yeah, I I think I missed you the most, Tito. Ooh, ooh, yes, yes, yes. You hear that, Brody? Pound sand, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Awesome. Well, hey, man, this is a perfect way. To uh, to close out the show, to close out your segment, um, you know, like I, like I tell a lot of my guests, like genuinely, like all jokes aside, we we really do appreciate you guys. Like we appreciate you guys coming on, you know, taking time out of your day, you know, especially taking time out of your night. Now, you know, we may not always have a perfect schedule, but we really do appreciate you guys coming on, you know, talking, spending your time with us, and uh, you know, joke around. It, it it helps like with us and and everything. So we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much though for taking time out of your evening to to joke around with us. No, thank you so much. It was so good to catch up with you guys and mm-hmm. and 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 kind of change change gears a little bit. Start thinking about off road again because it's going to be around the corner. But just to to see you guys and catch up with you has been has been great. It was really nice seeing you at Nitro, but like I said, it's been too long. And and again, like just having some, having some dialogue too, about some of these, what can be kind of trivial, trivial topics about the the rules or the formats and timed races and whatnot. Like I said, it's nice to to have the dialogue and not have someone just like gradually <laughs> get more emphatic and start by the end of it, just kind of attacking me like that one woman at, uh, at Spring Crandon this year who just like attacked me at the podium. Like she, like I was, I was about to like say like, um, security help, help me. <laughs> just this, this elderly woman. I don't know if she was intoxicated or not. I couldn't tell, but regardless, she was, she was not happy. Champ off road killed the good old boys. And I was, she was, she was taking it out on me and she asked to speak to my manager. <laughs> You had a full blown Karen at 11 a.m. I did. Oh man, good stuff. But no, like I said, it was just just fun to catch up with you guys, and I cannot wait. Cannot wait for hopefully see you preseason, but for sure in any go. Yep. 
Yeah, for sure. Andy go, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do as far as getting uh rush to going and we're excited and, uh, yeah, man, thank you. Can't wait to see you again. Yes. Likewise. We guys have a good night. Yep. So yeah. Boom, brother. I think she should have fucking tased that old lady. Yeah, she <laughs> definitely should have fucking fucked her up. No. Dude, can you imagine? Like, if we were back in the pits and someone's like, oh my God, Haley, uh, Haley is uh is not on the podium anymore. Like they, they pulled her. It's like, what? Why? She struck an old drunk lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? The voice of uh, camp off road. <laughs> <laughs> Go from the voice of off road to the fucking fist of off road. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. Oh man. Oh, uh, she'd open up her own like MMA class and shit. It'd be fucking. <laughs> it'd be awesome. Uh, but no, <sighs> man. That that was a that was a good good segment, man. Yeah, that was really good. It it definitely went a lot um, longer than I thought. Like I, you know, I expected maybe about an hour, but. Um, I don't know, man. Like when we get media people in here as well, like it's, I think it's yeah. easy to kind of get sidetracked or to kind of let it get long winded. Cause we're kind of all in the same boat. Yeah. Well, no. And, and, and for being the first media personnel, if you will, to be on the show, it definitely opened my, uh, you know, my eyesight of how you could get into your profession the way she did. So, Yeah. You know, like, like I said, for me, I, I was playing out lucky and, and like you, you know, you met me. No. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Dude, hundred percent. I have, and, I thought about that all last season. If, if anything ever comes of this, if, if somehow we reach some sort of form of success, I will always acknowledge that. Yes. I rode your fucking coattails to the top. <laughs> Calling it right now. But I'm, no, I'm I'm riding your coattails, yeah. Jeffrey and Lyle. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then even Lyle, like like I said, it's just it's just awesome to see how you can get into to the media media stuff like we did or like we are doing right now. So, um, you know, definitely a lot of dedication, hard work, and late nights like tonight. You know, it's ten forty two. Yeah. PM. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I was saying that too about Haley, you know, it's, it's 1142 her time. Oh yeah. You know, and she, she got back from Minnesota. So for her to take time out of her day, it was, yes, yes. And, and, you know, into night is, is really incredible. That's why I'm super fortunate and lucky. Um, you know, she's able to do that and, and she was still able to be on as long as she was and, and laugh and entertain. So yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, she I know was that, like, that was really awesome. She was like, Oh, thank you for accommodating my schedule. It's like, brah, we asked you, last minute yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we asked yeah. you today yeah to come on. this morning yeah. so, <laughs> you weren't even in indiana yet yeah <laughs> i don't even think you left minnesota yet yeah she's still minnesota <laughs> even traveled across wisconsin so so no that was that was great man and um yeah you know i look forward to our, our next media personality i don't know who it's going to be yet i'm sure you know th- there's not going to be a whole lot of fighting yeah, that spot, but <laughs> but no, I mean we got some great episodes coming up. I mean, who do we got? CJ Greaves. We got yep. you know, hopefully CJ Greaves, hopefully Jimmy Doug, Anderson. Dougie stops ghosting, ghosting us. Yeah, like, hopefully, yeah. You Doug Matag stops ghosting. Ago. Fucking guy. God, like, I I cannot wait. Like, like you got ghosted two weeks ago. <sighs> oh and five. 
but yeah, I mean, Kyle Cheney, you know, we just got a, a bunch of, uh, you know, cool, awesome guests coming on. Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but already, yeah, like you said, man, we've got uh, plenty of guests coming on. Uh, you know, uh, CJ, Jimmy Anderson, uh, Kyle Cheney, uh, you know, hopefully Dougie Matag, uh, get his head out of his ass and, uh, and join us. Um, you know, we want to bring on some more, you know, media people as well. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, people that we work with, uh, you know, we mentioned Brody, we, we want to bring him on, uh, just kind of get, you know, see how, how things operate with him and then kind of give you guys like an insight, um, of, of, of the behind the scenes for CBS sports, stuff like that and how that operates. But, yeah. uh, until then, man, I mean, great episode. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, excited mm-hmm. for the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't have a sign out yet, but, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for tuning in, uh, listening to us. Yeah. And, um, I'm Tito Levine and, uh, thank you guys so much. All right. We'll check you guys later. Peace.